dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello, listeners. This is Mother Natalia. Today, Father Michael is, I usually say, hey, friends, I think. I think Father Michael's the one who says hello, listeners. Anyways, today, Father Michael is talking about the gospel that we had this past weekend as we're recording, not as it's released, which was the gospel of um, Zacchaeus. So he's talking about some of the things that we hear in the passage about Zacchaeus that uh, are something of a paradox, something that a little bit um, opens our minds to see what we wouldn't necessarily see at first glance. And we talk about um, what it is to to go out and to meet the sinner and also to recognize the sinner in ourselves and what conversion looks like, what it looks like to love and to sacrifice and all of that in a pretty short episode because Mother Natalia is in desperate need of spiritual direction. So we had to record pretty short today. Um, if you are a hashtag banter hater, you're going to want to skip ahead to approximately timestamp 940. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever. Welcome to a short episode of What God Is Not. You know, every time um, we say that, it doesn't actually happen. <laughs> well, I'm saying it out loud now so that if if we go over 53 minutes... If this episode, and you looked at the time on here, dear listeners, over 53 minutes, I owe mother a beer. Oh. But you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to I'm not to going to intentionally it to lengthen it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. okay, good. I don't even know when you good, could, good. I don't, oh, sorry, I'm kind of loud. Sorry, breaking down the fourth wall. That's not we how I didn't it, even look. Yeah. That's okay. All right. Well, uh, I think I'm pretty good now. I don't know when you could even buy me a beer, because when am I going to see you again? What my heart is telling me is never. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is what happens to me. On, when when Seek ended, I was out to lunch with some people the day that I went to the airport. And um, I almost started crying because I was saying goodbye to these people, some of whom I had just met. And, and But this is what happens in my life, as you know. And because, as you've pointed out, I fall in love very quickly. Uh, but deeply. It's not false. It's not false. Uh, anyways, so I'm saying goodbye to these people. And I was like, I'm just never going to see you guys ever again. And one of them's like, what do you... I don't think that's true. And I was like, well, that's what my heart's telling me right now. <laughs> um, yes, my overdramatic spiritual daughter here. Um, no, I mean. But actually, I, when am I going to see you again? I don't know. Um, don't we have, where is the like, isn't there a Byzantine Eucharistic Congress thing happening somewhere? And I'm wondering if it's in Pittsburgh because we just got permission to like go. But I need to look at where it is. Like the parish will pay for you to go? Is that what you mean by mm-hmm. we got permission to go? <laughs> yeah. and, and also I think it's during the Great Fast. So we need we need permission to leave our mm. parishes during the Great Fast. Um, but yes, anyway, I'll have to look it up. But that, okay. if it's anywhere near Cleveland, then maybe I'll see you then. Oh, that would be nice. I don't or know where it is. I feel like I've heard of it. Is it this year you're saying? Yes, because this is the year of the Eucharist. There's um, that makes we, sense. We there is a Catholics Eucharistic are, Congress in Indianapolis. That may be it. Are you possibly going to that? No. Okay. I, I don't have any looked. I don't even know if I can. I just am trying to find <laughs> reasons to to calm your anxious little heart. 
Aww, um, good and I'm you. honored that that I could do that by saying maybe I'll see you soon. So, um, how is your anxious little heart? Have you been? Um, pretty good. I mean, I don't know. We're about to have spiritual direction, so <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> like after this episode, but um, I have lots going on in my anxious little heart that I'll share with you in mm-hmm. spiritual direction. But so I have a friend, and she just started her own podcast, and she's at that stage in the podcast where she doesn't want to talk to her co-host because they may ruin, they may like run out of stuff to say <laughs> when they're recording. And I'm like, oh, we were there for a while. <laughs> Mother and I were like, let's say this for the podcast. And like, we just don't do that anymore because we know there's always going to be something. Thank yeah. God. But mostly I just, yeah, I have a lot to share about my heart once we're in the spiritual direction. I haven't really formulated it though, which is always dangerous. Like I've written down nothing for spiritual direction. It's just going to be spontaneous. Well, I do want to say like that is exciting to my priestly heart because I was, this just happened. It's happened a lot recently. So I was sitting, this is actually kind of a funny story. I got somebody asked me to go see their mom as on a sick call. And it's, it's like, it was over an hour away um, out towards the desert. So they said, we have a a timeshare that you can stay in if you want to come out here and just stay in the timeshare. And I was like, well, I'll take a Bustini a day. But they said, you need to go to a like a timeshare sales pitch if you want this. But if you do that, then you get like these nights in a timeshare. And I'm like, I've heard of this. But but it's like, I, I have enough confidence that I'm not going to be swayed. Yeah. So I go to this timeshare and <laughs> I go to this meeting and this poor woman, I almost was like, she probably gets paid on commission. And I almost wanted to say in the beginning. So I did. I said, listen, I'm going to share with you my life right now so that you don't try all these sale things. Sales things makes no sense. Yeah. So I said, um, I am a, a Catholic priest. I live in Los Angeles. I travel internationally for free <laughs> because I get to be a chaplain for for pilgrimages. Um, whenever I travel to another city, like for a wedding or for to see friends, I can call up any Catholic church and be like, hey, do you have an empty space in the rectory? Mm-hmm. And I'm like saying, I'm like, I don't know honestly what you could offer me because I travel and I have places to stay everywhere. So anyway, so the conversation just turned into a, so what's it like being a priest? Because she's from <laughs> Israel, she's Jewish. And, and, and she so said to me- So she just didn't even try. She, she did, she tried. But in the end, she's like, well, this may help you out if you want to do like a getaway to anywhere in the country. And I said, there's a $1,000 a year charge. I said, I literally- Miss have two thousand dollars to my name right now, <laughs> and then she literally for like thirty seconds was like, "Well, what if you got a credit card?" <laughs> and I was like, "I am not going to inconvenience my life for anyway." So so funny. She's just like, "So what do you? What is it about being a priest? Like, what have you learned after being a priest for eighteen years?" And I thought for a moment. I said, "You know what I've learned is that everybody is a mess. Everybody. There, there's not a single Truth. person." Who has it all together? They don't, and 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 this is just the reality of our spiritual lives and our lives as humans. In their life, we, we're supposed to be moving towards conversion. So of course we're a mess. God uses our messiness to bring us to conversion. Um, but then I thought, then last night I got asked by a bartender, um, like, what what made you want to become a priest? And this, of course, happens all the time. And then today I had somebody in spiritual direction this morning say to me, um, 
they shared their entire life with me. This is our first bridge reduction session. And then, and they realized, and I realized as I do with everybody, yeah, this person's a mess. We all knew that. We're all a mess, but the, 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 you know, this is this type of messiness. And then they said, Father, I just feel like I'm just a burden to you because I, I didn't mm-hmm. have an answer. They're like, mm-hmm. they shared the story. I'm like, well, what are you going to tell me now what to do with my life? I'm a total mess. And I was like, I don't have an answer. And I kind of sat there thinking and praying about it. And I thought, this is what I love about the priesthood. I do not love, I do not love the things that that make sense. I don't love the things that are ordered. I like I like the moments where I'm like, there is no answer. Hmm. There is no answer. There, there, there's nothing I can say that's gonna bring them peace right now. Um, but God is God, and he is going to take my presence as a priest, my role as a father. And I'm just going to sit here silently until Jesus put something on my mind to say. So I did. And I just said, I think Jesus, this is so Mother Natalia, you've influenced me in a good way. I think that Jesus just- Oh, I'm glad there's wants, one good way I've influenced Wants you. <laughs> you to know among the many good ways that influenced you out of my life. I want. I think Jesus wants you to know, because you've rarely felt this way, that that and this is like the opposite of what he was asking for, but I, th- I thought it was very appropriate that Jesus put on my mind, hopefully, is that Jesus wants you to know that you are a gift to other people. Like they, they were kind of focusing on the other way around that other people mm. were a gift to them. I was like, no, but you, like Jesus wants you to know that. And, and how do we get there spiritually mm. where you actually feel that not only are you loved, not only do you like having people in your life that love you, but you also are a gift to other people. Mm-hmm. And actually, that kind of fits in with my. I'm going to transition. Do you have oh. any response to that? Yeah, I'm going to transition. No, transition, please. Okay. To the topic. That's really, that's really weird, 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 really, really I, I was going to say. <laughs> I'm glad and age. both of our minds <laughs> um, Okay, so, uh, so being, what was I, now, now I forgot the transition. Being a gift to somebody else. Okay, got it. It's in my mind. Um, Great, go. Right down. Being a, I gotta write it down or I'll forget. <laughs> Being a gift. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to my brain. Um, so this is kind of a, a word from a homilist um, because as you know, my schedule was not prepared for this recording today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to kind of do my, explain my homily because I actually think it fits very well in a podcast discussion format um, from this past Sunday, which was Zakiya's Sunday. It is, it is why... Um Dear listeners, it's why we're doing a shorter episode today because I need time for spiritual direction after. And um, I reached out to Father Michael to say, hey, since we're recording and doing spiritual direction and don't have a ton of time, is there any chance you could start a little earlier? And he was like, no, <laughs> but I need to start later. <laughs> is basically what happened. Yes, yes. So I have a new scheduling thing that just somehow went awry. Yeah. So we'll figure it out. So um, so basically... Um, I will start. I will start with you the way I started my Trona's homily. Can you, That's mother, fill in the blank? <laughs> um, I, I should. We promised we wouldn't do this to each other, but um, you. Oh, you the, no. I don't. I don't. Ex- I don't expect you to know this, but so it says in Matthew eighteen. Um, if if a brother hurts you, you go to that brother alone and you explain mm-hmm. their offense. And if they don't listen, if they do listen to you, you've gained a brother. If they don't listen to you, you bring, bring a second you. person. Yeah. You bring a second person, two or three, and then. On the case of two or three witnesses, they may be changed. If they don't listen to the two or three, then you bring the church. Yes. And it, and the authority of the church. And if you bring the authority of the church to them, and if they don't, don't even listen to the church, then you treat them like a unbeliever or a, do you know? Uh, um, An unbeliever or a 
tax collector. Uh. So this is this is a big deal. Like tax collectors are kind of the worst of the worst. And and I say this because we love we have we put a lot of tax collectors in our pre Lenten season. So Zacchaeus isn't technically pre Lent for us Byzantines, but we always hear him the Sunday before pre Lent begins. And the first Sunday of pre Lent is the publican, which is a tax collector, and the Pharisee. So we have these. That means our fast these, free weeks coming up. I don't yes, it is that. exactly. Yeah. So we Byzantines, Byzantine trivia time. We Byzantines. What mother's referring to is that after we hear the gospel of the Pharisee boasting about how much he fasts, then we do not fast that yeah. week because we don't want to be like the Pharisee, which is which is one of my favorite Byzantine rules. I just love that because it's 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 so basic and yet so enjoyable because we don't fast. Um, like oh he uh, a bad guy said he fasts a lot well then we're not going to fast you know <laughs> um, it's just so childlike in a sense um, so anyway so tax collectors are are pretty bad guys basically there's a lot of reasons for that um, to overgeneralize back then you didn't tax citizens you taxed people that came from elsewhere so you 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 taxed merchants you taxed travelers if if you were a citizen then you got the benefits of taxation not have to pay taxation yourself. At least there's obviously a bunch of different kinds of tax. Some taxed were like there was a there was a temple tax, things like this. So the, the people had to pay certain things. But but when the Romans came in and took over the land that God had given to his people, they now had to tax the invader. They had to tax the one who who had occupied their area. And this was of course a very bad thing. So the Romans would then convince people, even some of their own people, Jews themselves, to collect taxes. So basically, now those tax collectors became traitors, traitors to God, traitors to the people of God, traitors to the Jews. And then on top of that, the way that these tax collectors made their own money was by the government would say, you need to bring us this much money in taxation. Anything over that, you get to keep for yourself and that's your salary. So, And then they were also like, the heads of a bunch of tax collectors. So it says that Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector, namely he had a bunch of tax collectors underneath him, and a wealthy man. So that means that he probably cheated a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That that That's the basis here. So we have this man, and so he's a tax collector. So to, to, the way you treat a tax collector is to separate them from the community. It's very like 1 Corinthians, right? There's some guy in 1 Corinthians that St. Paul says, I think he's sleeping with his sister-in-law or something. I forget what the, some, some weird sexual thing was going on. So, so basically Paul said to kick him out of the, out of the community. And then in second Corinthians, St. Paul says, bring him back. So separation of the community is always in order to bring people back. Excommunication, that's what it means. Bring them out of the union, excommunion. So bring them out of, push people out of the communion for the sake of bringing them back in. Um, Is that passage in second Corinthians also the one where, um, St. Paul is like, and then when you bring him back, be extra gentle because he's already going to be hard enough yes. on himself. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't remember that part, but yes, you're that probably right. Whatever it was, is, basically he was saying, you're not bringing him back quickly enough. You're not bringing him back yeah. in another way. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I, I, yeah, that, that makes sense to that. So that would be, so Zacchaeus is a, he's presented also, he's in Jericho, and Jericho is seen as a place of immense sin. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, the Good Samaritan, you know, going from Jerusalem to Jericho basically is code for your sinning because you're going from the high place where God is to Jericho, which is a place of sin. So he's in Jericho. Jesus is passing through. 
Um, he sees Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus, before Jesus sees him, Zacchaeus is curious. And so if you look at this, this is what I only learned this year in reading a commentary, is that you have this wealthy chief tax collector. So immediately we say, I do not like this man. And he's in Jericho. A wealthy chief tax collector in Jericho, it just has everything going against him. Mm -hmm. But then it says, those three things go against him. Then it says three things that kind of make you go, huh? Like, I thought I was supposed to hate this guy. And that is that he runs and he climbs a tree. I know that's only two. Is that is that on your end? No, I think that's on your end. I'm only hearing in the headphones. That's only in the headphones. Anyway, hopefully, listeners, you can't hear. There's a voice. I, I'm, I'm not also hearing not hearing it except in the headphones. It yeah, sounded okay, like a well, police radars. Like it, it sounded did. like a um like cops over a walkie-talkie or something. Maybe Squadcast is picking up something odd. That was the sh- that was like yeah. the strangest thing that's ever happened that to us all recording. Anyway, um, if other it happens, than again, maybe when Georgia up, knocked just... over the trash can, <laughs> <laughs> somebody brought that up the other day. Um, so anyway, Zacchaeus he runs and Zacchaeus climbs a tree. That's runs two and things. climbs a tree. Yeah, I know. So wait for it. Wait for it. So he runs and climbs a tree. Both of those things, according to this commentary, are things that are greatly looked down upon when adults do them. It's it's like it's like saying well that's Mother Natalia's life so <laughs> right no but you're right and so that's not the case anymore but it was the case where where you say where it's it'd be like saying he pulled out some crayons and drew a picture of his mom and dad mm-hmm. it's like it's like these things are these are things that children do adults walk in a dignified way and they certainly don't climb a tree like those are things that you do when you're a child and you. Again, nowadays, as I said in my homily, nowadays, like we all do that, right? It's not, it's not looked down upon anymore. But it's almost like when you, like in, I know in a lot of Persian countries, you don't show the bottom of your foot, mm-hmm. right? So you don't, you, don't put, you don't put your leg up on you. You don't put your one leg up on the other because you can see the bottom of your foot. You just don't do that. It's, it's looked at as an insult. But it was a cultural thing where running and climbing trees were just, that's what kids do. Adults walk with dignity and they certainly don't climb a tree. So I, I even read one commentator say, um, basically, when he climbed the tree, he showed off his private parts to, the, to everybody because when you're wearing what mm-hmm. you wore back then, that's what happened. So there, it, there was something greatly undignifying about it. So, so he he climbs the tree, and then so there's a certain childlikeness. Now you can see that as a bad thing, like something to be mocked because of course nobody liked him because he was a chief tax and a wealthy man. But it was also something that was like, oh, okay, well look look at this little man. Isn't he ridiculous? Come the tree, but it's also a, a a childlike thing. And the fact, the third thing is that he is short. Mm-hmm. So there's something. There's it, this is a child in many ways. Like uh, three of the things mentioned are a child. Three of the things are just like an enemy. So it kind of catches you off guard. It kind of makes you question your hatred of this man. Mm-hmm. It questions your judgment of the man. Now, of course, this is what Jesus does so often. And we, especially during the pre-Lenten period, we, we, we have, Jesus knows our prejudices. We don't like Samaritans. We don't like Jericho. We don't like tax collectors. And, and all of these things 
that 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 Jesus presents, we have to walk into the story with a prejudice or we will not understand what Jesus is doing. We have to have the prejudice and then so that we can have the prejudices removed because what happens is, is then Jesus says, come down and Zacchaeus comes down and welcomes him joyfully and he welcomes him to his home. So I kind of leaned into this too, where you say, when we when when someone is separate from the community, because Zacchaeus was a public sinner. Now I didn't mention this in the homily. I may mention this this coming Sunday, um, but like a pub, how many public sinners do we have in our society right now? Lots. Um, yeah. <laughs> Zacchaeus was Zacchaeus, and what does the church do about public sinners? I think I think fiducia supplicans was an attempt by the Pope. Not to not to get into this right now, but to 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 approach that question: What mm-hmm. do we do with public sinners? What do we do with people that are in irregular relationships? Whether that's divorce or remarried, um, you know, a gay relationship, whatever these are, the, these in a sense we may put them in the same place as of Zacchaeus and say, what do we do? What Jesus does, I thought was very telling, was he went out to the man, like he went to his home. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, so I think there, there's a place for evangelization, in a sense, where we go out to them. And I'm only saying this because this is what I like doing. I'm looking for affirmation of my ministry, right? I, I, we go out to their home. I go out to the bar or the coffee shop or the restaurant. I go out to where the, where the people are, where I can encounter them. I don't necessarily say, hey, come to my home. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily come to my church, come into my world where I can't give you the Eucharist, come into my world where you're gonna hear about, about a, the, the law of God that's so different than the law you're living. So I go out to them first, you know, and then, and then I can, and this is kind of the giftedness where right? that transition is very loose at this point, but um, like, like where, <laughs> where we- you wrote it down though, being a gift. <laughs> I did, being a gift. And and I'll I'll go into that in a moment, but I, I want to I want to hear any of your thoughts on either the the paradox or the 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 seemingly confusing perspective of a man that we should hate and yet also looks like he's acting like a child, but maybe in a good way, maybe a childlikeness rather than childishness. Um, and yet what that looks like for Zacchaeus, who, and I'll, I'll finish with this before I, before I ask you to give feedback. It's interesting because when Jesus goes to his house, what happens? Those who are there judge Jesus for going to stay at a sinner's house. So they go from judging Zacchaeus to judging Jesus. They judge Jesus for going to a sinner's house. But Jesus, when then Zacchaeus stands his ground, says, I'm going to give half my property to the poor. I'm going to pay back four times any, anything I've, I've done wrong. And he probably has done a lot wrong. So he's going to change. He's going to do a great change in his life, a great conversion. That's why we hear it at this point in the year. Um, but also, Jesus says to says to them, to the well, those who are judging, this man too is a son of Abraham. And even the old NAB says, this is what it means to be a son of Abraham. Mm-hmm. So basically, he's saying this man is in the community because of his repentance, not because he is a Pharisee or a Sadducee like you guys are. So he may even be more a son of Abraham, more part of the community because of his repentance than you guys are who are not repenting. You're, you're just judging. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I have a few thoughts. I don't really know how to connect them. So, Father Michael. I don't know if I can turn off that ringer. Uh, okay. I really don't know. Well, how. mute yourself while I share my few thoughts. Okay. 
Um, and I don't know if I can connect them, but I'll do my best. So one of them is that, oh, it feels really weird now that you're muted. Um, so <laughs> one of them is that um, I think part of this, the juxtaposition uh, and the the confusion, I think part of it helps us, I don't know if this is the intention, but it, it certainly helps us to take a second look and to say, oh, there's something deeper here than merely what meets the eye. And that's really helpful when approaching scripture, but also just when approaching life, right? Um, to say, because we're so quick to just assume that whatever's on the surface is the reality. Uh, but but the Lord shows us here through this confusion and this, this juxtaposition that, um, oh, maybe there's something more here than than what I was originally thinking. So that is an opportunity to open our hearts to... Um, to something that we maybe would have been closed off to. So there's that. Um, I think it's also a little bit of all things to all people because um, I think the story can reach the tax collector just as much as it can reach the one who's childlike if they're hearing the story of Zacchaeus. And um, which we're all tax collectors, um, <laughs> but we're also all childlike. And we don't necessarily recognize the tax collector in ourselves or we don't necessarily recognize the childlike um, aspect of ourselves. And so I think it's helpful to see someone and to realize like, oh, both are there and to be able to see both there. There's something there. Um, it is very true that Jesus utilizes this all the time. Because this was an actual event, but especially in parables, as I'm, I'm sure I've said before, in parables, he throws in some twist or some confusing mm-hmm. thing or something that shakes us from our the predictability. Like we think we know what's going to happen and then he changes it up. And that's where the mystery is. That's mm-hmm. where the word of God is. And I think that's the thing here is that we go in, he knows what our presumptions are. Jericho Chief tax collector, wealthy man. He knows what our what our and so he uses those. He uses our prejudices in order to bring us to light by showing us that we need to change and convert from those things. And yet, the changing, the converting, and the repentance of Zacchaeus shows that the the proper response is repentance. Mm-hmm. And it's just like next week, next Sunday, we're going to hit the public and the Pharisee, right? The, the, he went away righteous only because of his repentance, not because he was a good man. The Pharisee was probably a better man, but because he repented, that became the instrument of, of God giving him and calling him righteous. Um, I think there's also, as you were talking about this fact that Jesus goes to the house of Zacchaeus and you go to these people's homes or to their to the bar, wherever it is, um, meeting them on kind of their home turf. I think there's something there about um, showing them the dignity that's theirs and allowing them this comfort because it's going to be an uncomfortable encounter. Like any, (laughs) any encounter, which is calling us into deeper relationship with Christ is uncomfortable because it's meant to stretch the heart. It's meant to cause discomfort in order for us to know that like movements is necessary, right? The discomfort is a good thing, but that doesn't mean that we can't take down some of the obstacles uh, because it's like already inherently 
uncomfortable. So let's try to remove some of the things that don't have to be uncomfortable. And one of that is meeting the person in their house and showing them that dignity. And I think it's, you know, it's part of why when I was a teacher, I tried in parent teacher conferences, I always had a translator there. Um, But I tried as best as I could to speak Spanish with the parents of my students because um, the parents already felt like so out of their comfort zone and, and so belittled and, and they don't speak this language. And there was something about me trying to speak their language and honestly sounding quite uneducated in doing so, you know? And it's like, well, now they can realize that they're even um, in this realm, like they have a foot up on me, a leg up, a <laughs> leg up. <laughs> leg up. Uh, so there's that because, because the other thing is Jesus doesn't just go to Zacchaeus' home. Um, he goes to Zacchaeus' home and he tells Zacchaeus, like, I want you to, to um, like receive me with hospitality, right? Like he's, it's not even just that he's going there to, um, to minister to Zacchaeus. Obviously that's like part of it, but he's actually even receiving from Zacchaeus. He's allowing Zacchaeus to be the one to receive and show hospitality to, to him. Um, you know, this is like when I was a, when I was a missionary at Simple House, we very much did this, you know, people would, um, in the projects that we were serving, they would, um, they would invite us sometimes to like dinner at their house or something like that or uh, to, yeah. And there's something about like just that, that principle of subsidiarity um, of allowing people the dignity of, of giving what they can give and, and serving in the ways that they can. That was an important part of my thought on this too, is that we have to, the, when we, because somebody said this one time and I laughed so hard because I was, it was so condemning of myself and I just thought it was funny um, how much of a mess I was. But, but somebody said, it was like a tweet or something, and they said, people say all the time that it's okay to go and hang out with sinners because that's what Jesus did. Like, don't, don't tell me I can't hang out with sinners. Jesus hung out with sinners. But the problem is, is that we're not Jesus. We're the sinner. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like when you hear these parables, you shouldn't immediately say, oh, I'm going to put myself in the place of Jesus. Of course you don't do that, right? You put yourself in the place of the sinner that needs to repent. So, so when we hear the story, we immediately say, I am putting myself, like you said, mother, in the place of Zacchaeus. So right. I need to be curious. I need to be childlike. I need to be repentant. That's what I need to be. And then the reality though is that once that has happened, let's say Jesus went to his house and then met him there. And then Jesus is eventually going to bring him into Jesus's house, which is the church. Mm-hmm. It is his body. So once we have been received into the body, once we've done the repentance, received into the body, and then we need to still continue to have a little daily conversions and daily repentances. But then at some point, Jesus treats us like a massive realization I had years ago that blew my mind was that in the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal son is the one we, who we also hear the week after Republican and the Pharisee, another story of repentance. The prodigal son goes off, repents, comes back, and gets all these very surface rewards, a party, a cloak, shoes, ring. But the older son, very understandably, has a fit. 
and throws a tantrum and says, look, he hurt me, he hurt you, dad, he hurt all of us, and now you here are giving him a party because he returned. And But the greater gift was the gift that the father gave the older son in his being always with him, but also in the fact that the greater gift would have been the older son being able to forgive the younger son as quickly and readily as the father did. Mm -hmm. So the father was saying, would you rather have a party or would you rather have the freedom to forgive quickly and easily and fully? Mm -hmm. And it's it's the, we, we, we we mature Christians are supposed to say, the greatest gift I can receive is to be able to carry my cross with eloquence. The greatest gift I can receive is to be able to love those who don't love me back. The greatest gift I can receive is to be able to forgive someone who is unrepentant, forgive someone who does not ask for forgiveness. These are the greatest gifts. This is These are greater gifts than any human good there is. Mm-hmm. And so in a sense, and this is what I mean by why I made that transition, I'm getting to it now, is that we are a gift when, when we realize that we <laughs> We're outside of the house of God. God brought us, God met us outside of his house, brought us, went to our house. Then he brought us into his house. Then once he made us like him, God-like, then I am able to accompany him in going outside to other people's houses in order to bring him into now my house since I'm a member of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So, and I have to understand my own giftedness in Christ to be able to do that well. So I always need to say I am Zacchaeus and I am the younger prodigal son, but then at some point I become the older prodigal son and hopefully don't do what he did, but I then become in union with the father who be, who was the prodigal father who ran out to meet meet the younger son. So this is um this is we I think the process here is we go in to the word of God with our prejudices and then God confuses us. <laughs> and he says, don't be so stuck in the in your way of thinking. I need you to convert. I need you to learn. I need you to change. And then within that confusion, we realize that we are actually the ones who 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 are in a sense being judged. So it's like they, they say when, when monasticism came about after um, the Edict of Milan, after Constantine legalized Christianity, it's like, well, if, if you're not going to take my life, then I'm going to sacrifice my own life. If you're mm-hmm. not going to sacrifice me, I'm going to sacrifice my own life. It's the same way. I Once I realized that I judged Zacchaeus, but actually I am Zacchaeus. I'm the one who needs the mercy, needs to repent. And once that realization happens, that enlightenment happens, then I can actually enter into the kingdom of God, which is full of repentant people. And then once I've learned that to one extent or the other, even as I'm processing it, then I can accompany God in going out to bring in others who need repentance as I continue to do it myself. Um, my mind totally went blank as you were speaking. <clears throat> I remembered something I was going to say earlier. It's not really related to what you just said. Is Do it. Okay? Say it. Of course. Of course. Uh, you know when you were well when you were talking about the repentance of Zacchaeus. Actually, no, I think this applies anyways. So when you were talking about the repentance and how um, you know I'm going to repay however many times fold, threefold, fourfold, I don't remember. Um, whatever it is that he says he's going to do. Um, and, <clears throat> and this is after encountering Jesus, right? I was reading this, there was this really powerful line in a book that I was reading this morning, my my toothbrushing book. Um, hmm. I, I read like, I don't know if I've ever told our listeners this, I read 
like five or six books at once. And I have the book I read while I brush my teeth. And I have the book that I read while I exercise. And I have the book that I read before bed. And I have the spiritual reading in my icon corner. And, <laughs> and so it's really uh, probably pretty weird now that I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> but anyway, so I was while I was brushing my teeth this morning, <laughs> I uh, read this line that um, it's a Carthusian monk who's writing. And he's talking about how... Um, the concept of sacrifice and he says and and I think this is really key because I think it's very misunderstood in within a lot of circles within the church these days he says uh, um love does not come from sacrifice sacrifice comes from love mm-hmm. and uh but I think this is something we confuse in the church today um, and certainly like in the times of Jansenism um, of just, if I just sacrifice more, if I do more, if I check the boxes, um, then that means I love God uh, or maybe then I will love God, right? That will like stir up this love in me, but actually it's the love that brings about the sacrifice. Um, and uh, and that's what I experience with Zacchaeus, right? Like, it's once he has fallen in love, then he's like, I want to do all of this. I want to repent. It's not like I'm repenting so that I love you. It's the other way around. Yeah. And I think the one of the greatest ways this is lived out, and it's a proof that we don't do that, is we Catholics have this, we don't understand the gift of the sacrament of confession of the mystery of penance. Right. We don't understand it. So what we do is we, if we fall or it's like the same thing with fasting. Oh, I forgot it was a Friday. So I had bacon for breakfast. I guess I'll just go the whole day and eat meat every, cause I already messed right. up, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. same thing with the confession. Like if I, if I sin and I need to go to confession anyway, then I just like, I don't have, I was like, well, I, I can sin again at a presumption because I got to go to confession anyway. Like that is just so lacking in love. Both of those things are. The truly loving thing to do is say, I fast. Fasting is a gift. Fasting is, is a gift of, of little habitual sacrifices that teach me how to sacrifice. So it's, it can be even more beneficial to fast after I've messed up because then I can say I'm purely fasting out of love, not to check some box. Mm-hmm. It, can be, it can be truly loving to say, even if I've already sinned, I need to go to confession anyway. I'm going to repent right away. I'm going to talk to God before I can talk to the priest and I'm going to get back up and I'm going to continue striving out of love rather than out of just some sort of alleviation of guilt. So the devil can use very beautiful things against us. And that's the same thing. You know, we, 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 we love and therefore we sacrifice, yeah. you know, and, and so we need to understand what that, what that love is and how to keep that up even under circumstances that we have every excuse not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when, you know, a lot of Catholics really love this whole Therese of Lisieux concept of do small things, small things with great love. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that, do small things with great love. The great love is presupposed, right? Um, it's not that we have to seek out these small sacrifices. Um, the point is like the things that you're doing in your daily life, yeah. do them with love. Let the yeah. love drive the sacrifice. Um, yeah. yeah. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Mother. Mm-hmm. Insights and thoughts. All right, well, thank you also for listening, y'all. Um, we are on all the platforms, so tell you your friends. You just don't want to owe me a beer. 
I totally don't want to owe you a beer. Um, we're on all the platforms, so tell your friends if there's something that's inspired you and the spirit wants to move in that way. Uh, we're on social media, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. I'm on Twitter at Potter Michael O. Um, I'm sorry, you're on we what? Are on Twitter, I, I refuse to adapt. I, I, will, I will <laughs> when I called call it Twitter, it y'all told me it's not called that anymore. It's not. <laughs> I'm just trying to be right, and I'm trying to tell, say that you're wrong. That's okay. the whole reason I'm doing this. That's um, fine. Move on. Um, the uh, we are on uh, uh, YouTube audio only at this point. We are on. Uh, we have a Goodreads page um, that is run by our media team and Beth, which is supposedly amazing and I need to update my reading. The books I'm reading right now yes. I got a text from Beth because um, I have books that I'm reading. Um, we have I need a five website. minutes in between recording and spiritual direction. During those five minutes you should update your reading list. There we go. Um, we could do that. Um, and then I thought you were going to go longer than that to get a beer. Um, and then <laughs> um, uh, we have a website uh, what God is not dot org. We have a Gmail. Um, you can what, email the website us. is what God is not dot com. The website is what God is not dot com. The email is what God is not podcast at Gmail. Um, we have a nonprofit Fotina P H O T I N A dot org where you can help our mission financially. Um, we will of course also ask you to pray. We have a Patreon page that lets you donate regularly and have the benefits that come from that including um, visits and uh, quarterly meetings and other things like this, Zoom meetings, things like that, that we do. So please keep all that in mind. And we want to thank our current Patreon members. So Mother is going to give five shout-outs as we catch up with getting all of you a shout-out since we didn't do it for a while. hey All right. Thank you to Marcia. Um, actually, Marcia. Sorry about that. I think there's an accent over the eye, so I'm thinking it's Marcia um, from Vermont. Uh, Jack B. from North Carolina. Oh, I think I know him. Um, Donko. Uh, Anthony and Kayla G. from Florida. And Alan G. from Tennessee. That's where my uncle lives. That's fun. So thank you all. Thank you all. I know I know Alan G. Um, from Tennessee. Alan G. from Tennessee. Um, oh, that's fun. Uh, the, uh, all right. Uh, I think I know who that is, obviously. Um, I'll ask you later on. Um, so yes, so thank you for all of our Patreon donors, listeners. Thank you all for praying. Thank you for this beautiful little podcast and what it's become and how it's helped people. We get... We got it at Seek, but we get all the time little messages about about how the spirit works through us. So Seek was makes, so fun. Shout out to was. all of our listeners who were at Seek. I so enjoyed meeting all of you, which I think you know. I hope you know. Um, yeah, it was, and we need to we need to start working on next year, Mother, getting you permission. Oh, to go yeah. if, if, I don't know. if we can. We'll see. So do what we can. All right. We don't even know if we're going to be invited next year. God's will be done. Even if we don't get invited, we'll just take over somebody else's podcast. We know enough podcasters. So we'll be like, hey, we're, we're coming on your podcast, Chloe. Um, okay. Well, thank you, Mother. Love you. Love you too. Is that everything we do up at this point? Um, prayer intentions. Oh, prayer intentions. Prayer intentions. Um, I'm going to ask you to pray for um, a few things just that have been on my mind recently. So, uh, 
we have in my evangelization world, uh, there was somebody who uh, I went out with a friend last night who I met at a bar. Then she came to church on Sunday um, for the first time, and it was it was amazing. And we went out and we got chatting with a bartender from a different bar, different neighborhood than usual. And when he found out I was a priest, he had a Holy Spirit moment because he said, "Last week I was like walking down the street, and somebody walked up to me and said, "When's the last time you were in church?" Like out of the blue. And he's like, uh, it's been a while. And he goes, you should go back. And they just kept on walking. <laughs> oh. He saw that as like a God moment. And then now yeah. this priest is sitting at his bar. And so I actually gave him my card to my church. So anyway, pray for this guy. Um, pray for the girl I was with, my friend that I also met that came to my church for the first time. And then also pray for um, just a a couple um, in my life that is is going through a, a few transitions and, um, and they're trying to listen to God um, in a way that that is, it's one of those situations where I do not have an answer to that I mentioned earlier. And those are some of the most beautiful, everything is possible God moments. So if you'll pray for all three of those situations, dear listener, thank you. Great. Um, I will ask for prayers for Shane Smith, who, Father Michael, you met him with me mm-hmm. at Seek. Um, I just completely adore this man. So Shane is entering the church. He's in RCIA. Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he's entered by the point this is released. I don't know. Anyways, he is entering the church and he is just wonderful and beautiful and humble and has such a good heart. And um, to pray for him and his conversion. Um, he's 37 and um, he's not even baptized. So I'm like, man, I wish I could have been baptized in my 30s and just all that wiped away. So yeah, jealous. Amen. Not really. I'm not jealous. I'm very happy with my life. <laughs> but, Amen. So, pray for Shane. Me too. All right. Excellent. Anything well, thank else? You, Mother, love you. Thank you for the time. Looking forward to spiritual direction. <laughs> love you too. Can you give us a blessing? May Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May you always perceive and appreciate the fact that Jesus pursues you. He meets you where you are. He comes to your home. He has given you the gift of curiosity of a certain child like this. May you always lean into that and see in that God's own work. May you Go out of your way to see what kind of man Jesus is like Zacchaeus. May you always find hope and may you have your prejudices uh, turned. May you always treasure repentance and may be a model of that to others. May also those of you who are in the church, may you always see yourself as a gift to others and may you run with the prodigal father to welcome and to forgive the prodigal son. And may you see that as a greater gift than all the surface things that we so desire as human beings. May our Lord give you the grace to be like him in all these ways. And may our Lord give you everything you need, even the salvation of your soul. May he bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 